So we've had the very first slide and the title of this presentation up here on the screen since you arrived. And I want to share, to proclaim God's word as we begin and consider this to be an opening prayer for our time of consideration of disciples called to mission. This portion of the scriptures that I will read is from St. John's Gospel, chapter 17. Jesus, when he had said this, he raised his eyes to heaven and he said, Father, the hour has come. Give glory to your Son so that your Son may glorify you. Later in this chapter, Jesus says, I am coming to you, Father. I speak this in the world so they may share my joy completely. I gave them your word and the world hated them because they do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. Consecrate them in the truth. Your word is truth. I pray not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, so that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be brought to perfection as one, that the world may know that you sent me and that you loved them even as you loved me. The word of the Lord. Looking at this title and seeing that word, disciples, I have no idea how it strikes you. Do you think that that's somebody else? Or do you actually realize that it's you? That's the wonder of it all. Disciples, we all are. But the depth of what it means, we'll see today. The second part of this talk is called to mission, and we'll be looking at that. So here we are in year three, and we're very much emphasizing for you an awareness, and that's the, like the theme for this whole day, an awareness that is concerned about your interior, everything that you've heard me talk about now in these last months. And we've spoken about how Dr. Eleanor Stump and Father Wick really helped us just think about this. So we're going to look at your participation as a disciple. I have to see how this thing... Hmm. Let's see. This passage from St. Matthew's Gospel really holds just about everything I'm going to say. It's amazing. Jesus, 
in the very end of St. Matthew's Gospel says, and you see there's some things that I bolded for a reason. He says, go. He sends them off. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Imagine what a thing to say in Palestine in those days. But that's what he said. Go make disciples of all nations. And the next word is so important and significant. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So already we see what does it take to make a disciple? Just looking at that one statement. Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. So it's like immediately we say it's no exclusive club to be a disciple except for those who aren't baptized. They, the Lord longs to bring in. But right at the beginning here, Jesus is saying make disciples of all nations. What I think we don't realize and we might be embarrassed when we do realize it, to share it is everybody is meant to be a disciple. You mean people that are in all the other different ecclesial groups, you know, all the different religions as it would be commonly called, people who are Buddhists, people who are Muslims, all of these people are loved by God and all are created by him. And Jesus didn't say, you know, pick and choose. He said, make disciples of all nations. So that command is something we have to be aware of. But we can say at least this, that we are baptized and that means we have become a disciple and the way we were made a disciple is through this baptism which is in the name of the prayer that I just read to you Jesus talking to his father through the Holy Spirit we're made a disciple because the one Jesus has brought us in connection with the father and the Holy Spirit so this disciples the mission is right there at the beginning. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. And then after the word, the Holy Spirit, we see, so then what do you do? And it's right here. Teaching them. Does that mean you have to have, you know, stand in front of a group and talk to them? Not at all. But somehow, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. It doesn't say teaching them to be able to tell somebody else what I commanded you, but it does say teach them to observe, meaning to, to do what I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always till the end of the age. That promise is like the guarantee. How in the world? I mean, you could look at that and say, that's great for the apostles, but I'm not one of the twelve. And I never saw myself as a public speaker, so I don't exactly know how that would be for me. If you looked at uh, the book that I gave you the last time we were here, you know that Partakers of the Divine Nature. It's a wonderful letter of Archbishop that I would advise you to go into if you haven't yet because it talks about all the dimensions of what it is to be together with the Holy Trinity. Here I'm going to break apart the way I have laid this out today. But disciples which we are, called to mission which is true. 
but what it means to be a disciple really is like three different words which I have here for you to remember the first is the fundamental one and it's interesting because it's how we start and how it all ends but incorporation means to be taken into the body of and St. Paul gives us the best understanding when he says we are grafted onto Christ anybody know a little bit about uh, agriculture or you maybe seen a, something on the TV about it you know where they take a branch and they'll graft it literally put it right on that tree and it has a whole effect on the life of the tree and they know what they're doing when they're putting this branch on because it changes the life and the sap that's running through is also altered and there's a whole new strength and energy that comes in that plant when it's just interesting that when Paul used that image it really kind of gave us a little window into what does it mean to be incorporated into Christ um, St. Paul also says I'm buried with him I die with him and I rise with him it all sounds so mysterious and it also sounds like is that just for real but it is and yet we say well how will I know that this next term is a help because if you're joined to Christ and you think of it we have to say there's a change that happens in us and actually every day as we pray the liturgy of the hours you're not the same as you were before you prayed the liturgy of the hours because you already were joined with Christ in that prayer to the Father that's not to be forgotten by the Father Jesus knows it you're that much closer to him there's a transformation that happens for you and then the third step of it all is if indeed I'm joined to Christ and if indeed there's a change in me it's going to be different the thought of well what is my part in all this so the title disciples called to mission it's like as I am more and more fully a disciple of Christ I am an infant is already right there a disciple of Christ and that child has to come to learn what this means but ultimately the union with Christ is something that can be taught to a very little child and the more a child grows in the knowledge of being joined to Jesus by the time the child gets to first communion something very different can happen because it wouldn't be just new what I want to look at is and it's kind of a rear view mirror look is we say I've been talking about all these things that happen in baptism but you know do you know people who say to you hey I am not getting my child baptized you probably do know somebody like that and if you say well why would you ever make a decision like that and the person would say because I want this kid to be able to make his own choice I'm not going to just put it on him if you talk to people like that they're out there for sure and you say well what does that mean well they don't know that from the moment of conception every one of us was born in original sin and it has its effects and the older we become the more we would know that it really makes a difference to be rid of original sin than it is to be living with it and just having to drag it along like something very heavy over us so in this rear view mirror we can say that we have the moment 
when Adam and Eve in Genesis, you know, there they were with God and it says they were happy and he gave them all these gifts and they were walking around the garden having conversations with God, their creator. Total difference. These are creatures whom God created and then there's God Almighty himself. And he created them because he wanted just to have this relationship. This is true for you too, but honestly, for us to let that enter our mind, it's very difficult, isn't it? I mean, if you think, really, God wants you? He really cares about a relationship with you? But it's true. And what happened is that Adam and Eve, as we know well, just couldn't bear the thought that God had said, the whole garden's yours, it's just this one part that you just can't go to. Don't pick anything off that tree and eat it because if you do, you'll die. And so along comes Satan, the fallen angel, and he just says, you got to be kidding. You really think that's true? You know the whole story. I think I'm not going to repeat it to you right now. But they were total suckers, you could say. How stupid. But they fell for it. And because they did, immediately what God said would happen did happen even though here they were being chosen to share life with God but after original sin what did God do and that's what I'm talking about here what we call salvation history is the greatest rescue in the history of mankind it's God's plan to rescue us he wouldn't abandon us he had every reason to abandon and just say that was a bad idea we'll do something different as God the Father and the Holy Spirit and Jesus not Jesus at that point, but the second person of the Blessed Trinity, are there living together, loving one another. God had this plan that he would save us from this, you could say, a mess that we were in with original sin. And he basically, the plan was, God the Father said to the Son, you'll go. And then we know the story of what happened with the angel Gabriel, right? So here's this innocent young woman who just has lived and followed God's law and suddenly this angel visits her and says, you will become pregnant. You are going to conceive. And Mary asks the question, but how could that be? And the answer is, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And this salvation that's offered us through Christ basically offers us the possibility to not only be saved by Christ because it could have happened like that that could have been the setup all right we'll get you out of the mess and then we'll be back just like Adam and Eve were but God didn't do that and St. Augustine he was quite a sinner you know it took him a long time to wake up but when he finally woke up he thought about this and he said oh happy fault wasn't this something that because of original sin, which was the big fault, we ended up with this plan of God, which was beyond what God had originally planned, and he determined to bring us all together in Christ. So ultimately, and you can find it in your catechism at that paragraph, which is right in your notes, but ultimately that the Father would say to the Son, you will go, you will become a man, and you will follow my will. And about three days ago at Mass, a beautiful reading, Jesus said, I have come not to do my will, but the will of the one who sent me. That was some cost for him, as we know so well. 
We said this already, so this is kind of a review. A minute ago, I said, isn't it an amazing thing that when original sin happened, God wanted to be in relationship to everybody, not just you and me, not just the people that look like they could be good Christians. God invited every single person to be one with Christ, which would mean to be in line with the plan that he had set up. Everybody. And he also called us to his body, the church. This picture I love because the beam that's coming down so for me manifests Almighty God who in his love is sending his son but not just his son to be like next to us but his son who's going to be within us who's going to take us within himself who's going to transform us completely and so this word incorporation that I put there was to say there's a difference in what you see in that image of all the people which to me this is everybody who ever existed and ever will that God desired to be one and loving with all of us and somehow by God's grace this beam is coming on a great number of people but God isn't satisfied with the way things are yet because we have not yet reached everybody St. John Paul in his document on the missionary effort of the church said it's indeed a very sad thing that there are so many people who have never even heard of Jesus they know nothing of God and he said we've got to listen to what Jesus said which is to go and share this with everyone so I put the image again but I wanted to just emphasize for you that we're called to Christ but there's people out there that will say yes I'm I'm in love with Christ I do love him I talk to him but don't tell me about the church and of course in this day and age after the abuses and all this that the press has put out there reading about all of it a person would look at the church and say Christ yes the church no what they don't understand is that the setup so to speak or the way that Jesus organized it was it can't be just Jesus I mean it's like totally totally shortchanging yourself to say yes Jesus know the church why I hope you have a, a kind of a clue I hope you already have an idea of why it's just only half the message to say no to the church and you say but really and Jesus says I'm going to be with you always right till the end of time I will be with you always means he did not turn away and walk out of the church when all of this happened in all those years past in the church. He just didn't. He's still around. He's still bringing to conversion. And he is still bringing holiness to all of us. So he won't walk out. We would be fools to ever consider it. We pray to God that by the Holy Spirit we can help other people to understand it's a different story to talk about the sinners within the church which can include anybody versus the one who is the head and he's still the head and he's got some sick members but that doesn't make the whole body useless because when Jesus brought us into the church basically
This is ultimately an image that, again, for me, I like these pictures because they're not very precise, but they, they suggest something that is so beyond and so much deeper than what we can imagine. When we came into the church, what moment would that have been? What would you say? Yeah, that's it. And there were people baptized who were not baptized in the Catholic Church, right? If they were baptized in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, at that point, they were joined to the Holy Trinity. They are very much related to us. They are fortunate because original sin was taken away. So that wonderful reality has actually happened for them. What they miss right now is what somebody who would say to you, yes, Christ, but not the church. And I hope if you look at this, we say, this is the reality of Christ penetrating us, being completely with us, to the point that the things that Father Wick talked about and Dr. Stump talked about, you say, I mean, listening to Dr. Stump, you could have gone home saying, woe is me. I mean, I think it's hopeless. I, I, I heard myself so much. This was the biggest examination of conscience in my life. And how in the world is there any hope for me? And Jesus would say, I knew you were like that. I loved you before. I loved you when you were in sin. It didn't matter to me in the least. My Father's mercy is infinite. And we're here for you. And I have arranged to be with you in a very intimate way always. And that's within the church through what? This is a quiz before I taught you anything much. What would it be? To be what is it that we as Catholics have that those blessed people who are fortunate enough to be baptized as Methodists, Presbyterians, and all others, as long as it's in the name of the Trinity, that's the one condition, with water. But if they're really baptized, then what is it that we have that they don't have? Can you tell me? Yes, the Eucharist. Something else they don't have. Reconciliation. They don't have it. They may have different ceremonies, but when Jesus said to the apostles on Easter morning, you know, on the night when he came to them in the upper room, and he said, ultimately, whose sins you shall forgive, they are forgiven. What a statement. He's talking to men, men who will be in the grave one day, as all the apostles were, some martyrs, but yet, like you and me, flesh and blood. And he says, whose sins you shall forgive, they are forgiven. Clearly, that was because he was empowering them to do that. And so the church is one holy Catholic and apostolic, and the apostolic tells us that it's really for real what basically Jesus said. So that's the sadness of anybody that would walk away from the church. At this point, this, this picture helps, I think, to say if a person, an infant, or anybody has never been baptized, and they, whether it's an infant by the will of their parents or grandparents or whoever, brings that child and guarantees they're going to help educate that child. And if an adult comes before baptism and not baptized, at this point, in an instant, suddenly, Jesus Christ 
is literally joined to that person. Does it make sense that you couldn't possibly be like you were before? I mean, literally? Because it's not like he takes over in the sense that you've lost your will. But it's an incredibly powerful moment in which your will is now going to be enabled like it never was before. I'm going to stop for one second and ask you all to stand up. Just stop the tape for a minute.